Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. The family of Emmett Till is demanding an arrest after an unserved warrant is found 66 years later. That warrant charged Carolyn Bryant Donham in his 1955 kidnapping. Relatives of Till want authorities to use the warrant to arrest her, who at the time of his slaying was married to one of two white men tried and acquitted weeks later. Oh, by the way, <clears throat> tried, acquitted, they couldn't be retried, and then <clears throat> weeks later, a time later, excuse me, a time later, they admitted that they killed, they tortured, excuse me, they tortured and killed Emmett Till after they were acquitted. And and now think about this. Well, how many years later? 60 plus years later, there was this, this organized effort. This is the, these are the relatives of Emmett Till who are trying to get justice after all these years. Priscilla Sterling is Emmett Till's cousin, lives in Jackson, Mississippi, and yes, she sir. and family members are advocates for continuing the investigation into their cousin's murder, and she she is uh, with us. Thank you for coming on the show at, at such a short notice, and, and good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you all for reaching out. Yeah, let me let, let's 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 start at the beginning. How did this all come about? Finding uh, finding this uh, warrant. Well, you know the family has been uh, touching base with the Department of Justice, and we met with them March eighth of this year, and we asked them about several factors of how we could have a warrant, the search warrant, um, to go after Carolyn Bryant. And no one knew anything. The DA who was there, uh, the heads of the DOJ from Washington were there, and no one said anything about this warrant. They had no idea where the warrant was. Uh, Keith Beauchamp and my cousin, Deborah Watts, uh, with the M&T Legacy Foundation, had come down last week. And 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 let me, let it be known, they have Keith Beauchamp has been looking for this warrant probably for the last couple of months, and they finally found it last week. Where did they find the warrant? In Lafleur County. Where? Lafleur County Courthouse. Where? Basement. In, Where? Yes, sir. In the basement. Yes, sir. In the basement. In in a file, a a, a box, or what? Yes, sir. In a file. Okay. In a file, in in a file, uh, put away in the bottom of some drawers. Were they, mind you, when you go yeah. to this courthouse, right. files are from the top floor to the bottom floor, and things are just thrown everywhere. So it was hard. It was like looking for a needle in a haystack. How did they know the warrant existed? I don't know if you watch documentaries from back in the day, but there are some documentaries with uh, Elliot Gorn and Kalia Chisholm that talks about documents uh, of the arrest warrant that was served, that was supposed to have been served, and they talked about them not serving her because she was a white woman, I mean, with two small kids, and they didn't feel like she needed to uh, Oh, okay. All right. So that had been documented. All right. 
and yes, and what was and what was the warrant? I know it was for her. What was it? Was it about? I mean, what was was it? Murder, complicity, what? It was uh, accessory. Ex- accessory. Oh, accessory to the crime. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ah. And like they said, it was never served. So, so, so let me let me let me play let me play amateur lawyer here. So, yes, sir. so in other words. Her husband, who finally admitted, along with uh, that they did kill Emmett Till, there is yes, then the, the the thinking is she knew that she pro- as she may have known the plan to kidnap your cousin, and and that's what makes her an accessory. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it makes it obstruction of justice too. And see, back in that time, you have to remember. You got U.S. State, I mean, United States Senator East James Eastland, and you got John Stennis, who who had reached out to the Department of Defense to get Lewis Teal's files to use them in court again. I mean, to actually support J.W. Milam and Roy Bryant. That's the reason why they were acquitted. You had U.S. political figures involved in this case back then. So we know why Carolyn Bryant didn't go to jail or the arrest warrant was served. Think about it. And that's also documented. Uh, now, here's, so the question, now that you have it, your yes, intent is to what? Have somebody serve the warrant to Carolyn Bryant uh, Donham. It, it, now, yes, what is the... What are they? So, what's the argument? You just said what the argument's for. What are you hearing? Is what what would be the difficulty? Oh well, we what we're hearing is, uh, it is supposed to be past the time that they can serve the warrant here in Mississippi, and the DA hasn't said anything about serving the warrant because, like they say, statute of limitation has supposedly run out on the warrant. But quite naturally, like I said, we have we are here pushing it. The, 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 the but it, I, I would un, I'm under the impression, I may be wrong, that there is that if the warrant is the fact that she's being charged with being accessory to murder, then murder doesn't have a uh a statute of limitation. limitation. That's right. Yeah. So you still have the state of Mississippi that does not follow federal or federal right, I mean federal laws or even agree with Supreme Court rulings. Think about this is a state that goes on state rights, that follows state rights instead of what Supreme Court laws say must happen. So they really Mississippi really try to have their own jurisdiction of how they have the cases. It's just like the case when the federal government had come down for Emmett's murder, they send them back. Mississippi sent the federal authorities back to Washington. Yeah. It's the same way with this warrant. If they can get away with not executing this warrant, that's another win for the state of Mississippi and how Mississippi handles everything. That's why we're laughing everything, because they actually get away with this type of thing. That's why Carolyn Bryan was never charged and gone to jail. We have been asking for this lady to have been charged to be at least come to trial to testify. 
And no, all because this is political. It's political. What, what do I mean? Where where is Carolyn uh, 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 Bryant Donham right now? I understand she's living in North Carolina. She's about eighty years old. What else do you know? Well, Mister Madison, we hear that she is in North Carolina, but we hear that she's actually here some part of Ruby or Mississippi. And then we heard stories way back to say that she was in hospice when that was not true at all. So as far as we know, she's here in Mississippi, up in Ruleville, Mississippi, in that area. Hmm. And, and, and people, and, and what what is this rumor? People have laid eyes on her? How, I mean, how? where did this come from? It's rumored. It's rumored that yeah. she's here. So, like I said, this is the way the state of Mississippi has handled this case. I'm, I would be very surprised if anything becomes of it. But we are we're going to continue to push it. And like I said, we have continued to talk to the Department of Justice. Uh, I've just got like over 1,632 pages from uh, the Department of Justice with records and files. So we are still trying to bring light of other evidence in Emmett's murder. And and like I said, Mr. Madison, this is not just about the, the warrant not being executed, but you have to look at the who Carolyn Bryant is related to for things not to have progressed. And 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 that is the reason why she has been free all these years because there is no way if it had been a black woman, we would have been in jail, probably died in jail. Now, who is she related to that keeps her from being arrested? That's what we are trying to find out now. And, and, and to my understanding, it's supposed to be to James O. Eastland. The former late senator of... Uh, yes, sir. Of, uh, okay. But we don't know that. We don't know that for a fact. You no, know, sir, we oh. don't know it for a fact, but but like but, there, I say, but a obviously, lot of but, but but what we do know, uh, uh, Miss Sterling, what we do know is they the U.S. senator intervened. Yes, sir. Yes, politics. Yes, sir. They intervened and they they broke laws. There was no way U.S. senators would have went and got information from DOD come back and use it in Emmett Till's murder trial and got these men acquitted. Now, you you say the Department of Defense, you are, or do you mean the Department of Justice? No, sir, the Department of Defense, because Louis Till, Emmett's father, was in the military. Ah. And he was supposed to. Yes, sir. So what they did was, when it got record and said that he raped a white woman and two Italian women and murdered one, so they, you come back, and in the trial, they used it. And they and used that. They, uh, it, oh, I see, yeah, because they used that. That was the charge of uh, Emmett Till's father. Yes, sir. Who, was, yes, who, sir. who, by the way, was executed. Who was executed and lied on because that didn't actually happen. And I don't know if you remember, but Mamie got a letter from the Department of Defense saying that her husband died of willful misconduct. Never stated how and why he died. She didn't find that out until the murder trial of her son. Mind you, she got this letter back in 1945. She didn't find out why he died of willful misconduct until the trial. 
and, uh, and now I got it. Wow. All right, so so where do you go from from <clears throat> from here? Where do you go and and do you have <clears throat> legal counsel? Where do you go from here, Priscilla Sterling? Yes, we are. Yes, we do have legal counsel um and to to push the uh, warrant to make sure the warrant gets executed and if not, they have to give us a good a good I mean, there is no reason. We just have seen how Mississippi has handled this case, and not only Mississippi, but you had, like I said, United States Senator Eastland and John Sanders in Washington who made this this happen. Right. Way here in Mississippi. So this is bigger than an, an arrest warrant not being executed in the state of Mississippi. All right. Priscilla Sterling, thank you so much for responding to our call and and. Uh, you know, I'm going to open up the lines and let people respond to you. But I so appreciate uh, the effort that you and the family are uh, have after all these years. What, 66 years later, still going yes, at sir. it, still going at it. Yes, sir. Thank yes, you, sir. thank you, appreciate you. Thank, thank you for having me. All thank right. This is an interview that I did with Timothy Tyson. He wrote a book called The Blood of Emmett Till. Let me welcome uh, uh, t- uh, t- Timothy Tyson. How are you, sir? And thanks for holding. The Blood of Emmett Till. And let, let's just take our time and, and have this uh, discussion uh, and, and uh, talk about uh, the, 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 this, the, the blood of Emmett Till. Uh, and with you telling us, where did this all start for you? It's all start. <laughs> in a way, but the, this particular story started for me when uh, Carolyn Bryant Dunham, who was Carolyn Bryant, the white woman behind the counter who had an incident with Emmett Till in 1955 and in whose name he was lynched, um, she had not said a word since 1955, not uh, given anybody an interview. And... Uh, her daughter-in-law called me on the phone and asked if I would come talk to her. Really? And so, and how yeah, did her daughter? You know, how was her daughter-in-law? Who was her daughter-in-law? And in other words, how was she aware of you, Timothy? Um, a book that I wrote called "Blood Don't Sign My Name." Uh, her daughter-in-law uh, had read it and liked it and gave it to. Uh, Carolyn, her her mother-in-law, and uh, she said it was Carolyn's favorite book, and they would like to have a cup of coffee with me. Which, um, you know, at first I I actually said I, I really couldn't, but then she said you might know my mother. Oh, she was called named Carolyn Bryant, you know, which of course I <laughs> I knew like any historian. Well, and that uh, no. alarm, those alarms went off. Your antenna jumped up on that one, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I, I thought, you know, you know, I'm a historian. It's my job. But I just thought I'll interview her, and then, you know, that'll go in the archive, and some, some historian someday will be mighty happy to find it. But uh, I wasn't working on that. But when I started doing research for the interview, uh, I got pulled into the story, and I also realized how everyone thinks the story's been told and retold. It, it has been in in some ways, novels and memoirs and uh, films and poems sure. and songs. But there's actually, there actually wasn't very much uh, real history 
uh, written of it. And the accounts that we do know, for example, the account of the Emmett Till case in Eyes on the Prize, right. which millions of people saw, that is based on the account of the two men who were acquitted of murdering Emmett Till. And their account, there's not a word of it true. So m- most people know that story, right? Uh, which is quite different from you know what actually happened. Talk. Uh, what? Uh, what? Your, what was your? Uh, uh, phys- let me ask you physically. Who is this? What does she look like now? And what was her? Re- when you went to talk with her, how did she receive you? Um, she seemed like every. Uh, you know, I'm a preacher's son. She seemed like every Methodist church lady I had ever met. She's, you know, seemed fairly old, and she was in poor health. It, it appeared, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, she gave me a. I walked in the door. She gave me a hug and gave me some pound cake and coffee, and you know, it was like being at church social for you know for a little while. Um, and then not too far along, she sort of muttered, "They're all dead now, anyway." Wow. I guess meaning her, her relatives and every, yeah. anybody who would be mad at her for talking. Yeah. And uh, wow! No. And we're talking the, about Carolyn you know, Bryant. The part about any yeah. the sexual part or the assault part of her, the story that she told on the stand uh-huh. in 1955. She said, "You know, that part's not true." And uh, wow! I, I asked her, of course, as anyone would. Well, what what was true? I mean, what did happen there? Yes. And she said, uh, honestly, I would love to tell you. But I can't really remember. She said, "You tell," and I thought this was actually pretty thoughtful because she was really saying, "I can't reliably remember." She said, "You tell these stories over and over again until they seem true." Oh. But that part, she said, "That is not true." And then she said, "Nothing that child ever did could possibly justify what happened to him." Because her testimony, as you wrote, depicted something tantamount to a rape attempt. Yes, it you know involved grabbing her, chasing her down the counter, and grabbing her, and, uh, you know, speaking filth to her, and and uh, you know, uh, pinning yeah, her at a, the registrar. A, a sexual, a sexual assault. Yeah. You know, um, you know. And and so she's telling rape, you. So attempt. she's telling you. Uh, now let me ask you. Uh, did you record this interview? I did. I did. So you have her on. You 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 have her on tape. I've got her on tape saying a whole lot of things. Actually, that exchange took place as I was setting my tape recorder. Up. Oh no! But when I <laughs> saw she... where she was going, right? I'm not. I uh, my notebook was right there, and I just started writing everything down. Uh, so I still have have those notes, and then. But but you didn't you know, ask her. You didn't ask her to repeat it. Well, no, I didn't. No. Uh, tell you the truth, uh, you know, you can you try to get people into an uh, yeah. interview gradually, and yeah. and if you if you start going, speak into the mic, tell me again. You know, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They tend yeah. to clam up. Yeah. And so, you know, I was trying to lead it her back over that way. 
and we did sort of get over that, but not. Uh, yeah. But did the, did the she? There did she? From yeah. my notes, not from the tape. Okay. But, uh, did she? Did she? Did did she appear? Did, was there was there remorse in her voice, or was no? Uh, I I, I yeah. hesitate to, you know, uh, judge her emotions and okay. You know, I can't I can't read her mind. Um, it was clearly I mean, it was clearly a terrible thing that happened to her. Right? I mean, she ruined her life with this. The, you yeah. know. In what way did it ruin yeah. her life? Uh, she, you know, she discovered she was in this kind of ruthless, uh, redneck, racist kind of family, and uh, things got rough between her and her husband. They ended up getting divorced. Uh, her family kind of went smash. And then she she never quite sort of made a life for herself after that. She spent a long time hiding, journalists and historians and and folks sort of trying to hunt her down. And uh, you know, it, it, I interviewed a murderer one time, and he he had gotten away from, with it, so to speak. But you know, half hour into it, I was looking at, and I thought, you don't ever get away with anything. You know, you you become a hollowed out shell. You don't. Somebody once said, we're not punished for our sins. We're punished by them. And uh, was not, you know. Are you surprised? Let me ask you, and we're talking, uh, we're talking, uh, and I'm so glad that that he is, you know, that you have decided to be with us, Timothy Tyson. Are you, were you surprised that uh, Jeff Sessions, based on, you know, what you came up with reopened the Emmett Till case? Uh, yes. Soon after the book was published, I got a call from uh, the FBI uh, agent, Walt Henry, down in uh, Jackson, Mississippi, and we talked about what I had in terms of the research, and he said that uh, he'd like to see it and that the Justice Department was pretty likely to subpoena it. So I sent him what I had, and uh, then they did subpoena the, and I, you know, you got, I presented it to them sort of in a more formal way, uh, the way that you know subpoena requires you to submit it. Now let me. Here's what a lot of people have asked me: Can she be? And we're talking again about Carolyn Bryant. Can she be? Uh, can she be indicted for perjury? Or is is there a statute of limitation here? Do you? This is very, anyone... a very important question, and people yes. really need to know need to know the situation. One is the only thing she confessed to me was perjury. Right, that's right. Perjury, perjury has right. a two year statute of limitations, so she's been past that one since oh, the God, fall yeah. of 1957. That's right. Now the FBI really didn't close the case; they kept collecting evidence over the decades, but they formally reopened the case in 2004, you know, in part to see if they could prosecute her. Right. They And they, for two years, they investigated it. They put together 8,000 pages of evidence. Right. And found that there was nothing that they, yeah. that would support a prosecution. Right. They then handed over all the evidence to 
the district attorney in LaFleur County, Mississippi, an African-American woman who grew up right near the, the equipment shed where Emmett Till was murdered. And uh, she put had a grand jury of 19 people, uh, about half black and half white, this mm-hmm. composition. Uh, they looked at all that evidence and uh, voted 19 to nothing. Yeah. Uh, not to pursue prosecution. Yeah, not to. I'm not. Say, I'm not yeah. trying to say that makes her innocent of wrongdoing, or in the eyes of the Lord, or you know, or yeah. in his, or perhaps in her own. But there, I don't believe there's any grounds for prosecuting her that are going to that are going to amount to anything. Look, the book is the book is the blood of Emmett Till. And uh, let's stay in touch with each other. You know, I tell you, I'd give my eye teeth to interview her. I'm not kidding. I you know, really I tried would. to re-interview her. Yeah, a couple of years after I, I think I interviewed her in 2009. Right. Um, and then I, about two years later, I called back, uh, and her 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 family, her, her daughter-in-law, and her son really shielded her from everything. And uh, her daughter-in-law uh, said I couldn't talk to her because she was not in any shape oh. to to deal with that. And uh, yeah. and that she was also just in, like an emotional wreck, but she was having all kinds of bad health problems. You know, they're not letting anybody near her, that's for sure. Okay. All right. Thanks for being with us. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, God. We'll Madison, stay in touch. Madison, enjoyed it. And we'll, we'll uh, stay in touch. I'll guarantee you this. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.